Welcome back to Sis of Ministrivia, the podcast where I'm pretty sure my co-hosts are mocking me when they do the countdown. This is Brent. I've got Bush. And I'm seven. Polo. Marco. Wait, where are we? <laughs> We're on page five. <laughs> yeah, do you guys know that you say one exactly like I say it? Is that I'm intentional? Su- I'm not surprised. We've what do you mean when you say one? Yeah. We've, only, we've only been doing this for, you know... 10 years or whatever. No, four yeah, years. Yeah, I just ago. say that all the time now. People are like, oh, what's your address? I'm like, two, one, <laughs> one. Broadway. I don't, the weird thing is, I don't do that in normal speech at all. Oh. Oh. You should consider it. Jason, do I need to believe that? Is that your actual street address? No. Okay. One, two, three, four, any town? Right. Yeah. Well, it'd be any street. Definitely don't live on Broadway. Unless your town only has one row of houses, which I don't think there's a single town in the U.S. that has that. Well, I, I may be is. wrong, but... I... Dude, look up... Oh, what the fuck's the name of the place? Do you want me to put it in the show notes so you can look it up later? I'm sure I'll think of it and I'll blurt it out later. Okay. okay. Because that's kind of what I do right. up here. Right. Blurt things out for no reason? Sir. Right. So... Yeah, right. Recently... So, are you the point thread? I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but there's a huge push for IPv6 adoption on Twitter, in tech Twitter lately. It's like a war. And I'll tell you where this came from. Because people are- Tell us. They are afraid of IPv6. Why are they afraid of IPv6? I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid of it. Because they're dumbasses. And they don't want to learn something new. Understandable. Not really. I mean, I can comprehend why, but I don't think it's a good excuse. So as a result, I thought of the name of the place. Oh yep. boy! All right, shit. It's called Lakeside. What? Lakeside? Lakeside? What? There's probably Manor? like at least Colorado. Thousand. Okay, Lakeside, Colorado. I'll put it in the show notes. Is it like Springfield? Where you know? <laughs> so I feel as like of every the state census they had eight people there. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. Anyways, eight probably multiple streets people? though. Eight Do they have business businesses? I think so. Mm-hmm. I'm getting, well, my point is, I'm pretty sure they have more than one street. Addressed street, yes? I... So you would still... Well, Jathan... Now I gotta go look it up. Now I gotta go look it up. Jathan looks that up. It is a... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, so it's kind of like a technicality thing. What do you mean a technicality? Is it one of those incorporated towns or whatever? It's a statutory town. Oh, it's one of those. Like the uh, so yes, it is primarily business. Like the quote unquote town that had the dog as a mayor. Actually, wait though. <laughs> the town has a total area of 0.2 square miles. Uh-huh. That's like that's not even a town. Of which like 0.1 square miles, which is 20.83 percent. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It's water. Okay, so it's it's a side of the lake, hence the name. I I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah. 2000, though. They went down. I don't know what happened between 2000 and Okay, okay. 2000. Yeah. There, this isn't... There were 20 people. This, this isn't Geoadministrabia. Maybe it was like a flatworm infestation or something. That <laughs> a bunch of people got contracted. Maybe, that, maybe, maybe they got cholera. The cholera? I thought it was cholera. It's definitely cholera. Okay. I was just messing with you. Got it. <laughs> so back to IPv6, since we're actually, you know, a tech podcast... Right. Not a cholera <laughs> podcast. This is choleraadministrivia.com. Right. So people hate IPv6. I think it's dumb. Yeah, it's a new thing to learn, and you need to learn it, but that's our job. We, our technology, by its, by its very nature, changes. So if you're not ready to learn, you're in the wrong industry. But there have been some pushes to quote-unquote extend IPv4. Doing such things as re- like taking addresses. Oh, I've read about that. Reserved. What the fuck? Well, yeah, taking addresses from reserved blocks. So like RFC 1918, they want to make things like 10. you know that entire allocation. Okay. They want to make that internet routable, which is a terrible fucking idea because people already use that the all of the RFC 1918 Wait, people, addresses. People yes. want to use that as a public. Uh, what? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. That's like they, they. Yeah. No, I know. And then some people say, "Oh, we can use 0.0.0.0 and use that as address that's space." And it's like that's the literal wronger. default route. Like that's, that's, that's Yeah, you would break so many things doing this. Are you being and bombed like at for... that point? 
Like, why put in the effort to fix all that bullshit mm -hmm. that you're going to break? That will break a lot of things. Because I thought instead of just was... instead of just fucking learning IPv6, it's been around for ten years. I thought ten dot was uh, pub technically public uh, DOD or whatever. Like, wasn't it? No. Oh, hold on, I'll, I'll pull up the exact range. RFC nineteen eighteen. RFC nineteen eighteen is the LAN address space, by the way. Right. Right. I just thought it that I thought is. that ten dot something, ten dot ten or something like that was DOD. No, space. the entire the entire slash eight for ten is mm -hmm. allocated for lands. Oh, okay, all right. I don't know yeah. why I thought that. For some reason, yeah. I just had that it, on, it my is, idea, on my head. Ironically head. enough, the smallest prefix one i two dot one six eight is a slash sixteen. Mm -hmm. That is the most common land prefix. Yeah. I don't know why they're yeah. they're going with the smallest one by default, and, and why that's all in all the consumer stuff. But whatever. Right. Anyways, it doesn't make sense to me. I know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's dumb. You're gonna break a ton of shit doing that. So, like, why not just switch to IPv6? And then there's this right. new thing called IPv4 plus. I didn't even bother reading about it because I know it's gonna be bullshit. I don't know if that's like adding another octet or what, but like. This is the longest intro ever. It is, but bear with me. But it's worth it, so shut up. Yeah, it's an important thing, Jake. We're doing this, and we're doing it live. Fuck we're, it. We're doing it live. We haven't even done drinks yet, but we're doing it live. Right. We're going to get there. That's what I'm saying. We're going to get there, Jayvon. We're getting there. It's okay. God damn it. Do I need to hold your hand? Yes. It's going to be hard, because you're over in Colorado, and hold, I'm not. Fuck social distancing. <laughs> Don't even wash your hands. Just fucking hold hands, bitches. Never mind the physical impossibility. Never mind. Never you mind that now, sir. What if I... What, Jaython, if you cut your hand off and mail it to me, I will hold it for you. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. Okay, all right. <laughs> hey -oh. Okay. You better not get mad if you... Because just yesterday, you're like, if you if you send me nudes, like... No, 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 no. Technically, no, no. my That's hand different. is not going to be wearing any clothes. That's different. I can wash your hand. I don't have to, like, bleach my eyes after holding your disembodied You can wash your hand. phone after you... Check out my no, too. no, no. That's different. That's different, Jayfon. That that's uh, a, a brainworm. Okay, I, let's get I back vote, to the topic because I, I really need to get through this. No, no, no. no <laughs> I really need to get through this introduction. <laughs> okay, all right, get, get, get. Okay, go, go, IPv6. Go. Anyways, if your ISP does not offer IPv6 yet, a lot mm -hmm. of them don't. Mine doesn't offer it natively. Paydance does not. Jayfon says his does. What is ISP? He's got Comcast? Comcast. Oh yeah, they've been dual dual stacking for ages. Okay, For so record, if you don't, I have a DSL. That's what I have. So no, you have FiOS. I thought. I excuse me. What? I don't want to tell people. <laughs> now they know where you live. <laughs> they now they know where I live. Thanks they a lot. Can't dox you through Verizon FiOS. They they could. That's what they you might. think. What if they work there? Yeah. What if they work there? Yeah. Oh, I know. You fucked up, you, Brent. You fucked oh, you. You doxed me. You just <laughs> so doxed me. Piece of me. shit host. No, you know God. what? We're leaving that in because there's no possible way. <laughs> Compared to the amount of doxing that Peyton has done on air. Well, yeah. That's a good point. Okay. I, I guarantee you. I guarantee you somebody at Verizon's going to be listening to this going, hey, wait, I know that guy. Yeah, here he is. And he's going <laughs> on Twitter. Right. Okay. So anyway, so if your ISP does not offer native IPv6, you can get it Thank you, into your house. With something called a tunnel broker. But and Brent, that's what we're talking about tonight. I'm going to cut the introduction that? off there, and then we'll continue it on after we get okay. this whole shebang started, All right. okay? Okay, okay, sounds good. That's great. Okay, I wanted to get all that presumption out of the way so we can actually talk about the, the meaty bits. Presumption? Yeah. Meaty. The meaty, meaty bits. bits. I like Jayvon. meaty bits. You know, I, I happen to have a nice meaty bit here that I can talk about here in a minute. Well, you're going to have to wait until we talk about what I, I know. What are you guys drinking? Jathan, you go first, because you always do, like a little bitch. As indicated by the introduction, I am drinking a can of Bush. Bush. I thought you were... Bush beer. I thought you were about to say a can of whoop-ass. I got a can of whoop-ass for him. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah. Drinking a can He's of whoop-ass. He's already drinking one. I got, now, Jathan, you I got realize when you drink a can of whoop-ass, that means you are getting your ass whooped, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. When you open a can of whoop-ass, that is for someone else. Uh, old living Other girlfriend people. there is kicking your ass, huh? Is that how that's going? Hey-o! She would Jaython, not, uh... if you need help, help is available. Yeah. Help. Domestic yeah. violence help. Domestic violence help. What do I just call, uh, like, 311 and ask her what? I thought you were going to say, do I just call Ghostbusters? She beat my ass! She beat my ass! Yeah, that won't take you seriously. They won't. So, but I digress. Right, so Jaython is drinking Bush. 
Peyton, what are you drinking? I have. Everybody should drink more. I have. I would like to eat some bush. I mean, uh, anyway, <clears throat> wow. I have Carlos Ceres. It's a mm-hmm. Crianza, Crianza 2015. It's a Rioja. It's a wine. I have mm-hmm. some red wine here that I'm are partaking in. It's actually quite good. Why are you drinking that wine? That is some fancy ass shit. Why not, man? He's cla- He's know. keeping it classy, Jake. I didn't want to have. I didn't want to have vodka. I wanted to have mm-hmm. some wine. Wine. Red wine is actually very good for your heart. Mm-hmm. That's true. I'm getting up in the in the ears there. So glass of wine every night, good for the heart. I don't think that's true. That's it is the tannins. True. It's the tannins. It's the tannins. Fucking it's, prove it's it. Mad dog tannin. Would you like me to look up the? I would like you to link to me a scientific order. article. Oh, Do it. Link it, to it can be after the show. Okay. Remind me. I'll put it in the show notes just for you. Because I think that's old wisdom. I mean, there were scientific studies, but okay. Okay. I am drinking water. Because I have these stupid trays and I've already taken them out and, and like did the whole brushing and mouthwash and flossing routine twice already today. I've about hat Mc, McHad it and I don't want to do it again. So, you know, I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to do water so I don't have to go through that rigmarole again. Do it. Water. Good stuff. Well, I am. I'm, I'm doing it now. Yes. Now, is this the water from your from your uh, scuttlebutt there? Your water fountain? Yes. The scuttlebug, I thought it was. But. Scuttle it's butt. a scuttlebutt. I thought I always scuttle, thought it was a scuttlebutt. Scuttle, uh, listen, yeah, as, no, it's scuttlebutt. It's scuttlebutt. Okay, as it was taught to me in Marine Corps boot camp, scuttlebutt. Right. My not, water cooler. Yes, water cooler. Yes. Yeah. Just like it's not pedal stool. A pedal stool. Who says that? It's an IT crowd. It's a. It's a. It's a joke. Oh, I must have. Hey, have you guys part. watched Silicon Valley? No. I, you know, I think I've seen a couple episodes. Maybe. Well, if you have a Hulu right now, HBO has provided some free programming during the pandemic ah. on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And uh, Silicon Valley, all the seasons and shit are in there. And I started watching it. It's actually pretty fun. Is it, is it like... I, you know what? I should have gone to have worked at Apple. Because <laughs> let me just tell you, I think I would fucking kick Silicon Valley's ass. Oh, yes. my gosh. All right. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. Moving on. Moving on. Speaking of meaty bits... Going back to meaty bits, what is your meaty bit? I have a what very, I have a very meaty, turgid bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so I was having some trouble with pass earlier today, and I worked yep. with Jathan. Surprisingly mm-hmm. enough, Jathan was a very good supporter. Hmm. Come to find out, and this is going to be a quick. This is going to be a quick tip. It's it's just a you know, gotcha kind of thing. I didn't have uh, pin entry dash curses installed. I had a couple other things that I had to adjust in my gpg.conf as well. They were just the standard uh, items that you want to have in there. Mm-hmm. So I entered that in there, and I had to do the, the GBG reload, restart thing. Mm-hmm. I, can, so, I can put that in the show notes. I'm sorry. No, I, I know exactly. I was there for that. Okay, all right. I was busy, so I didn't mention it at the time. But yeah. Debian and Ubuntu, and this is on an Ubuntu system, right? Yes. Yeah. So they use something called alternatives. So they use yeah. that for like your mail handler, yeah, a bunch yeah. of other stuff. Yeah. One of those is pin entry. Yeah. 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 And pin entry is basically when you try to decrypt something with GPG. Right. If you're uh It's it's when you need to enter a passphrase in. When you need to enter a password, to, to it calls pin entry. Yeah. It's not always on decryption, but well, when it, it needs was... to use the key and yeah. such the private key and right. it needs to unlock that key, it well, calls pin entry. Yeah, what it was is is I was getting the um, secret key failed mm-hmm. and just fixed it. So yeah, we could put the the actual like notes in the show notes and whatnot. Yeah, but you know if you're having troubles with it, check and make sure you have all of it because I could get it to work locally, but I could not get it to work remotely. So I had to, mm-hmm. you know, I had to get the pin entry dash curses mm-hmm. at uh, the from apt installed, and then it, and then it worked after I did a reload. So we'll get all the notes in there and everything. Yeah, there's also pin entry tty. Yeah, right. But he wasn't on a tty. He was on a yeah. Anyways, so anyways, okay. The proper way of doing that mm-hmm. is there is a program called Update Alternatives. Okay. And it would be update. It's two words hyphenated. Update hyphen alternatives. Yeah. It's update alternatives mm-hmm. hyphen hyphen config mm-hmm. pin entry, and then it'll prompt you which one you want to set it to. Now, so it just moves the sim link around. Yeah, yeah. It handles all that for so, you. I think I it's have a bullshit, question. but yeah. Yeah, that sounds fucking stupid. I like how Arch does it. Oh, yeah. me too. Me well, too. I was going to say, I don't really know how the fuck Arch does it either, because last I remember having this issue, I thought that user bin pin entry was a sim link. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you right now. Let's see which pin But entry. on my system, it's definitely not. 
see, that's the thing. Like, he was like, yeah, it should be a sim. Oh, it's not a sim link. And I was like, that's weird. So It is a wrapper shell script in Arch. Right. So how do you switch what it's actually pointing at? I think it used to be a fucking sim link. So what it does, I'll tell you exactly what it does because I'm looking at that wrapper script now. Mm-hmm. First, it tests if the GTK library is loaded. Oh, see, and then yeah, okay. And then if it does, I see. Yeah, it's like literally two lines. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> not loaded. I should say installed. If it is installed, it will try and exec penentry GTK. If that fails. Hmm. It, you know, it'll silently fail because it's running in the background because this pin entry is called automatically by GPG. If it fails, then it will exec pin entry curses. See, that's still stupid, though, because in Arch specifically, you have, you know, a lot of other options. Like, sure, you have pin entry GNOME 3 that'll just use GNOME's, like, built-in password entry for, like, the key ring and no, shit. No, 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 that's what GTK2 do, does. Hmm. Interesting. I think they, they're different things. Are you certain? There's... Yeah, look at just LS. Okay, so your pin, user bin, user bin pin entry. is pin entry, pin entry curses, pin entry emacs, pin entry known three. What the fuck is that? That's what I'm saying. Is that a, a button? And then there's also a QT one. So, like, if you wanted to choose one of those, mm-hmm. Arch has no mechanism for that? I guess not. Well, I. Interesting. I, hmm. That's why I thought it was just a sim link and you were free to choose what it was pointing to. Let me call pin entry known three because I feel like that's. Okay, pleased to meet you. All right, well, that was not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny well, thing is, I'm running in GNOME, so I, like you. The thing is, if you do pin entry GTK two, does it do the same thing? I think it does because. Okay, pleased to meet you. Get, yes, it does. Yeah, it needs like I guess a, it an needs argument. to be invoked from GPG. Interesting. Okay, or maybe it needs a pipe, because I think it pipes. Or no, I don't know. I don't know actually. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, point is, there's, pin there's entry multiple is bullshit. You heard it here first. <laughs> so, point is, so there's the multiple point pin is, entries and use update alternatives if you're on a Debian-based system such as Ubuntu yeah. because they use alternatives. Correct. Also, you can just tell GPG to use an explicit path instead of just calling That is, entry. according to Stack Exchange, that is not completely, quote-unquote, sane. I read that too, but I don't know why that guy said that because I can't find a problem with it. <laughs> Well, right. I mean, just because you can't produce an issue doesn't mean there aren't corner cases and things like that. So, yeah, the, pr- well, the proper I mean, if your way... whole system fucking implodes over it, it's probably my fault. <laughs> I think it'll be pro- fine. I think it'll the be The proper way is to use update alternatives on Debian and Ubuntu. And right. if you're on another yeah, system, if you're on another system, nine times out of ten, it should just work magically. Right. Anyway, but fuck Debian. Well, yeah, I yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Absolutely. If I didn't have to use Ubuntu, I would not be using Ubuntu. Did you guys but know I, Debian was my very first distro? I'm not surprised. It was my second distro. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. I mean, it's... I went from Ubuntu to Debian. Granted, well, no, I went from that's Debian a, to Ubuntu because when I started using Debian, Ubuntu wasn't a thing yet. That's weird. Oh, you went from yeah. Debian to Ubuntu? Uh, well, to try it out. See, like, oh, yeah, yeah no, no, because, Jason went from Ubuntu to Debian. Yeah, because... Weird. You didn't remember. I started... Yeah. My, my first Ubuntu was Hardy Heron. Hardy Heron. Which one Did was Jim that? Did Jim give you that? Was, 8.04. Which one was that? 8.04. 8.04? Mm-hmm. Huh. Was that... Did Jim give you that one? No. So, I had just started using it on my own, really. Mm-hmm. I had used live CDs before that, but that was the first distro I actually installed. Mm-hmm. So, I do remember distinctly, I used to have, like, a USB stick that had damn small Linux on it. <laughs> DSL. Yep. Yep. DSL. And I used to be able to customize that in such a way that when I was at school, I could automatically, like, tunnel my traffic and bypass the firewall rules and shit and the content filter. <laughs> so I used to plug this USB what in and then I would... fucking terrible-ass filters were they using? <laughs> we will talk more about okay. this later. <laughs> no, we need, to, we need to talk about it now. Oh my god, this uh, is so bad. Now thing. Do you want to really know the answer yes. to that? Put I it on the air. Listen, our lives are for our public to view. There should be a transparent process. So. When I was in school at the place I went to school in, mm-hmm. the majority of the content filtering was actually not really filtering so much as they just returned invalid DNS lookups. I mean, that's a form of filtering, sure. But that's like, weird. other than you could just change your resolver right. or use an IP address. <laughs> right. And right. That that did not. Yeah, no, that was, that's... 
Oh man, that was nineties or two thousands. Two thousands probably uh, early two thousands, right? Yeah, it was two thousands. Yeah, I graduated in two thousand twelve. Mm. Jesus. Mm. So you know, it wasn't it wasn't much better in in the nineties, but sure at least wasn't. they at least my school bothered to do transparent proxies, so you couldn't do that. <laughs> but you had other methods. Nice. Yeah, yeah, we had other. Methods. Maybe not at the time for you, but. It was possible. Yeah, no. With what you know now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I'd be running. I, I'd be. <laughs> I'd be spoofing that shit now. <laughs> That's funny. No, I mean I. Uh, Redirecting all the teachers to like nefarious sites. You know, and... it's really funny you say that. I will also if just. I could go back to high school with all the things that I know now. I would be. Oh, it would fucking... be a blast. It would be so fun. I'd be a god. Yeah. No, I'll just I'll tell some more stories later. Okay. No, you tell them now. No, we need to talk about Tunnel Broker. Oh, okay. Maybe right. for my 15 clams, I'll divert okay. and just talk about my... Do you have, right, do you have other right. 15 clams ready? Not a good one. Okay, well, yeah, that's, that's a pretty okay, good yeah, 15 right. clams then. Okay, so, t- so Tunnel Broker. As I alluded to in a very roundabout way in the intro, Tunnel Broker, Hurricane Electric's Tunnel Broker, tunnelbroker.net, mm-hmm. is a free tunnel broker. And what a tunnel broker is, you know, they own tunnelbroker.net, but Tunnel Broker itself is a general thing. It's a IPv6 provider for IPv4 only clients. Now, the way it works is you have two ends that tunnel mm-hmm. to each other through IPv4, right? And then through that IPv4 channel, you pass raw IPv6 packets as the packet content. And then inside the header, it's padded by an extra like 20 bytes for the IPv6 address, I believe. I'd have to look at the specs again. I think it's an RFC, even. I mean, it's, it's a very common, not common, but a very specificationed thing. Not a word, I know. Specification. Yeah, I want to say specified, but it's, you know, yeah, it, it I get, sounds I weird in context. It has a very strong specification to it. There we go. Sure. So it does some header mangling to let you do that. Mm-hmm. A downside is it's a little bit slower than just a native IPv6 because you you have to lower the MTU, which means you can pass less bytes per packet. But right. you know, it's it's good enough, especially if you have no other IPv6 alternative. Interesting. <laughs> so that's our topic. For no, me. no, no. <laughs> the basics of it. I am in the process of finishing a script. I'll probably put it in its own repository. I I started a repository called Routerbox. So I want to put together a bunch of stuff to help people run their own Linux router. So you may actually have a use for it, Jason. That'd be awesome. Not this, oh, you know, not this tool specifically, because you already have... My router. router's going pretty strong, dude. I know, but this will enhance it. I'm going to add... We should enhance. just make a Linux competitor enhance. to PFSense. I, you I do kind of want to do that. Enhance. Especially... Because fuck them, you know? Yeah. Especially... FreeBSD uh, won't even run on a Raspberry Pi. What kind of fucking scrubs? <laughs> on a three or a four? Uh, four. Four. Wow, that's lame. It's I supposed mean, I to, try just without more, Wi-Fi. To be fair. But... Because to be completely honest, I'm pretty fed up of Arch 2 because I can't get my fucking monitor to work at the regular resolution. I don't know if that's an Arch thing so I, much yeah. as you just... Mm-hmm. I think that might be an i3 thing. No, I'm not even using i3. What are you using? XFCE. But it doesn't let you... No, dude, XRander doesn't even show that it's an HDMI monitor. Like, it can't detect Why are you using XRander? Yeah, well, XR technically, but well, don't yeah, don't bother with that. You don't. Well, that adds a complication, I, and you're sure testing. okay. I mean, sort of. Other than it can print out all the displays available, uh huh. And my display just shows up as default zero. Uh huh. It doesn't recognize that it's HDMI, and it defaults to a max resolution of 1080p. <laughs> What's the, the resolution of the monitor? I don't know, like 36 something. It's a 4K monitor. Okay. Now weird. the very weird. I think it's like thirty six twenty by twenty thirty six. What is what is the discrete mm-hmm. GPU on Raspberry Pi four? What is that? I don't know. Okay, well that would be a good place to start in this, don't you think? Yeah, if I'm missing some drivers, I understand. Okay, well there you go. I checked. Uh huh. But you don't but know don't... which GPU it is. I don't know anything. <laughs> then how did you check? <laughs> I tried to find it, uh-huh. but you didn't. I did not. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like some crazy brand name. <laughs> what monitor is it? Hold on, I'll check mine. Because 
the weird thing that I'm thinking here is that, I mean, I have never had issues with Arch detecting native resolutions. This is the monitor that I have. I'm going to send it to you. There better not be a dick pic in there. So help me, Jason. Amazon link. Okay. While he's looking that up... (laughs) Yeah, so all this to say, I am working on a collation of tools, if you will, to help you run your own Linux router, gateway, firewall. A collation, yes. Is that a word, too? Yeah, it is. Yes, that's a word. I know collate. And uh, good that for has, you. You know, one big boy, okay. right? And something the that has of collating been, something. There you go. Yes. Yeah. The the word is in the definition. That's that's perfect. Right. Exactly. That's the best <laughs> way of doing that. By the way. Wow. DMI decode does not work on Raspberry Pi fours. That's interesting. Wow. Interesting. Brent's trying to fucking fix it, and he's going to find out it's not so easy. <clears throat> no. I, well, I don't even keep a monitor on mine. Yeah, he doesn't even keep a monitor around. Ah, how elite. Not really. I just think it's silly to use a Raspberry Pi as a desktop system. But again, you know, you do you. It's an experiment for the fans. <laughs> for the fans, Bront. For the fans. Can we get, can we back, get back to yes, Tunnel Yes, let's get back to Tunnel. Okay. Yes, pack this episode sucks. No, we're, I'm sorry. it's good. It's, it's just Packet Tunnel. We keep, get, we keep going off the rails. Packet Browser. So, Tunnel Broker. Tunnel Broker. I almost said Tunnel Browser for a second. No, don't do it. Don't do it. The nice thing is you don't need to necessarily run it on Uh your gateway device. You can run it on a LAN machine behind that. However... Right, because it's essentially just forwarding packets. More or less, yeah. Your border device, whether it's like, you know, firewall, off-the-shelf router, whatever, does need to be able to forward and pass IP protocol 41. That is the tunneling protocol. I think that might be GRE. I don't know. I'd have to check. But that's what 6in4 protocol uses, which is what Tunnel Broker uses for the tunneling thing. Other than that, it's pretty easy to set up by hand, but it's a pain in the ass because there's like six steps at least that you would have to do every time you wanted to bring it up or every time you're the server rebooted. But again, you can use it to allocate IP addresses to your LAN, IPv6 addresses, that are, again, globally routable. So that's pretty cool that you don't need to do that on your gateway device or on your NAT server or whatever, on your DHCP server. I do because it's, you know, that's my border device and I prefer to run all firewalling through there. But that's, you know, that neither come nor there. Neither here nor there. (laughs) The key thing to note with with Tunnel Broker Mm -hmm. is to pay attention to which of the IPs. Yeah, so if, again, so it's free. So you sign up to tunnelbroker.net. Create an account. Why do you think they provide this as a free service? They are IPv6 advocates. So they they are sick of... They just want... Yeah. They just want people to use it, so they're like, we'll donate resources. Yes. I need to ask this question as... I mean, I, I'm down with IPv6. That's fine with me. But why... Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I understand the IPv4 is gone. I get that. Right. Why... Number one, and I'm asking this as both the tech and as somebody who is genuinely curious, why hasn't IPv6 been pushed harder, number one? And number two, why are there so many people who are so fanatic about it? And just that second part is, I mean, I, so like a, I kind of get it, but I also... An like, opposing... Eh. Yeah, yeah, okay. Does that, so does there are some people... I, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right, all right. I mean, there are some people that are vocal about it. I, I'm a big supporter. You know, I, I've been sure. calling RCN multiple times asking, hey, when are you going to implement native IPv6? You know, they they're say, like, uh, we don't have any plans. Get off the phone. Cause you're yeah. No, they're really nice about it, but, sure. you know, sure. they're just like, they're just like, oh, God, we don't have any plans. We'll see if they feel the same way in about a year, but. Right. Because you're going to call them every day until then, right? Maybe not every day, but maybe once a week. Pretty close, though. <laughs> Maybe once every two days. <laughs> every 24 yeah. hours, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I digress. It. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, so they're nice about it, but they don't have any plans to roll it out. Okay. I think that's a mistake from an ISP. Because sure. you, know, you can dual stack it, right? And, and right. It is good to do it sooner than later, because eventually it will be a necessity. And you don't want to be scrambling. Again, right. technical right, right. debt, right? Part of that is preparing for the future in a responsible way. And IPv6 is a, is a, the road to there. It's already been, like, it, it has its RFCs written. They're all passed. Yeah. It's you good know, to go. Yeah. 
What's really interesting, this is a, a small aside maybe, but it's something to think about. So, you know, where I work, I don't really manage the networks in, in DNS. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good thing. And I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. One of the really interesting things that happened is on campus, they finally enabled IPv6 DNS. Right. And as soon as they did that, a bunch of services that I have stopped working because if they basically, for whatever reason, they use a DNS resolver, like, can I get an IPv6 address? Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, they default to only using IPv6. Hmm. Weird. That is so, odd. Yeah. That is very It odd. is. It's really weird. But I mean, even Nginx now, the default is IPv6 only unless you set IPv6 only to off. Right. Right. Which is fucking weird to me also. Yeah. If anything, I would assume it'd be... IPv4 only as a default, but... I would assume dual stack is the default. Yeah, so what yeah. I, I think that's the most reasonable. But, so just, you know, in starting to experiment with these types of things, if you run any services in a home lab or on your home network or wherever you're setting this up, just be aware that those types of weird things can happen. I think I remember reading something about Nginx, about why it defaults like that. So the way it's implemented in code, you know, whether to enable IPv6 or IPv4 or whatever, is it's a Boolean flag. So he has to, he ended up having to make like two different flags. One is the normal, like, okay, what is this listen address? So I determined which stack. And then if the, all right, one's an option and one's a flag, I guess. So he's got the option of the listen address or every, you know, just wildcard address. And then on top of that, he needed a way, okay, how can I do dual stack in a, a Boolean environment? So he decided, okay, the way I can do dual stacking is have them specify an IPv6 address and then add a flag that will tell it if that should only be the only address or if it should be every address, you know, both IPv4 and IPv6. I remember reading something about it. I don't know if I'll ever be able to find it again because it was, it was like five years ago, but it was a very interesting read. Interesting. Yeah. So like you do run into issues like this where it's like, yeah, it's easy to go just one or just the other, but dual stacking itself is a very difficult thing to code for. So so that's I think that's from recollection, that may be wrong, but from recollection, that's what I remember being the case in IPv and Nginx rather. So, oh right, right, right. So Tunnel Broker also lets you run your own services. So if you're on an ISP, I, I love my ISP. They let me run whatever the shit I want and it's globally accessible. But if you want to run like a web server or a mail server or whatever, Tunnel Brokers doesn't give two shits. They're like, all right, here's some, here's some IPs. Have at it. So that is a way around it. Now, of course, the downside is it would be IPv6 only. See, okay. So I don't... Yeah, go ahead, Peyton. And then I, I have a, a question comment. I think that's where I'm trying to come into this. Like, I understand that we need this space. Mm-hmm. The problem that I'm trying to get across, for, or trying to get to, is it restricts you from IPv4, which we're probably going to lose anyway at some point. I well, get that. But no, 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 no. No, it doesn't. Well, that's what he just said. That he said if you do this, you no, can... No, that's... he's saying if you run a mail server over Tunnel Broker, it will be IPv6. Oh, right. okay. okay. Yeah, or, yeah. or a web server or a whatever the fuck. Yeah. Just about any software out there that okay. supports, all right, or at, at least in okay. Linux. Right. Never yeah, mind then. Never mind. At least in okay. Linux, any server-based software, so SSH, Nginx, whatever, if it supports IPv6, it supports dual stack. Like nine times, that, not even nine times, like 99% of the time. Okay. Maybe even like five nines. It, you know, it, it's a very uncommon thing to have it just support IPv6, unless it's like RADVD, you know, which is the router advertisement right. daemon which is literally for ipv6 so that makes sense yeah so again like it's nice because it, it opens things up because again back to this model yeah. right yeah yeah every computer yeah. has its own well, publicly the, routable address the packet broker or whatever, whatever he's got tunnel called. broker tunnel yeah. broker that's why i mean they have a little counter on here and it says the number of days remaining until iana is exhausted it's zero mm-hmm. and I, I, and iana has been exhausted right 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 Right. So, I mean, I guess we're reusing IPv4. Mm-hmm. We're finding ones that are dead and reusing Reallocating, those. yeah. Reallocating, yeah. So, I mean, we do need to start using IPv6. And if people can start using this and other services that, that provide it, then, I mean, mm-hmm. we need to start doing that. Because, I mean, realistically, you know, not every device in the world needs an IPv4 address. 
Right. And I think that's ridiculous, too, number one. Well, that, that, no. No, because... No? The ironic thing is it simplifies routing. For... You have to let For IPv6. Yeah. So, in normal routing, mm -hmm. you know, host 1.1.1.1 knows how to get to host 3.3.3.3 through host 2.2.2.2, right? Sure, 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 sure. The problem is, the more junctions you add, the bigger that routing table gets. Yeah. And it, it yeah. gets huge. Yeah. However, since IPv6 is iterative, I guess we can call it. You've got like an A colon B colon C colon colon and then whatever, right? Right. It just needs to know how to get to A. And then A knows how to get to AB. And then B knows how to get to ABC, you know? So it's... Interesting. It's a much more efficient routing is built directly into the thing. Interesting. And you don't even need DHCP. So it's DHCP is stateful, which means it, it needs to maintain a table of addresses, right? Right. Like mapping right. MAC addresses to addresses. Okay. As part of the spec of IPv6, there's something called Slack, stateless link auto something, something configuration. Yeah, auto yeah, configuration. Yeah. I'll link yeah. to the RFC. It's awesome. And in that case, your awesome. quote unquote DHCP server, and there is such thing as DHCP v6, but that's dumb. You don't need it. It's a total unnecessary thing. Well, your, your router, yeah. essentially, mm -hmm. you know, your nearest router sends us something called router advertisements where it says, hey, these prefixes are available for your use. And then... Is that like... I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm a network dummy. Is that like ARP broadcasting as well, too, or or no? Yeah, it, it happens mm. over ARP. Okay, essentially. Yeah. So, essentially. So here's the thing, though, is most commercial routers are not doing this yet. They do if you enable IPv6. Well, my old router didn't have the option. How old was it? Yeah, I bought it in 2017. 2017. Really? Interesting. Yeah, it wasn't that old, man. But it did not have an option. Huh, that's scary. That is Anyways, scary. <laughs> the... Scary Gary. Right, so, I mean, Slack is generally the preferred way to go. I think Android doesn't even support DHCPv6. I'm not 100% on that. Now, Android? Why do you know that? Because your phone? Yeah. Now, you can do Slack and DHCPv6 on the same network, but I don't recommend it. It's best to stick with one and go for it. I would recommend Slack. Anyway, so with Slack, it sends... The router sends out something called a router advertisement daemon. Or a router advertisement packet. It does it every once in a while just to refresh the network, right? And then also clients, when they join a network, when they connect, essentially, they ask for an RA and the router says, here you go, you know, just like DHCP normally does, only with right. much less noise because, you yeah, know, right. it, it's cleaner. It's much more cleaner. So then the client machine gets this prefix and then it, from its MAC address, it does some munging, some mangling about. And it then can create its own valid IPv6 address with just that prefixed network. Right. It's the coolest thing. You know, it's... It's not that cool. No, I think it's, it's cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Right. Ugh. And there are, there are other RFCs to protect your privacy. So if you're worried about, you know, a brute force reverse engineer of that munging, there's something called privacy extensions where it, it basically yeah. makes up an address, a MAC address, and then rotates it every so often. So it's basically, it eliminates the need for NAT in some totally. capacity, right? Absolutely, totally no need for NAT in IPv6. Zero need right. for it. Interesting. Yeah. Which is great. Which is, it is, it's cool. Yeah. I think it's, it makes your router less vulnerable to something malicious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because at that point it's Marginal. functioning more like just a router at that point. Just a router, right. Now, granted, it does make your client machines potentially more at risk. But the thing about that is, I mean, number one... Well, you still run a firewall. Right. Number yeah, one, you on should be router. running a firewall. Mac and Windows already have built-in firewalls enabled by default. I'm pretty sure all modern Linux distros have at least a drop input policy by default. Yeah. Arch doesn't. Well, well Arch, is, Arch does things a little bit different. set it up. Yeah. God Arch damn. is Arch. Listen, you know, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm talking about like Ubuntu and CentOS and like, Ubuntu. you know... The, yeah, it just works. I'm talking about the this Mac stuff that most people are installing. Gentoo doesn't either. You're gonna jump down my throat for that? Yeah, jump down Gentoo's throat, bitch. No, more people should be using Gentoo. Okay. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. What about FreeBSD? Jthon does FreeBSD do it automatically? I don't know. I, I know you have Jthon, but I don't know. I don't know if BSD I don't think sets a default input drop. But the point is, okay. if you're All using right. these right. more advanced distros or flavors, 
you're gonna know to set up a firewall in the first place. Right. So whatever. That's neither here nor there. Right. And the other thing about having a publicly writable inter- address is like the address space of this shit is fucking huge. It's yeah. mind-blowingly so, large. By default, when Isn't you get like issued trillions? an IPv6 address... Trillions, yeah. Isn't I can trillions? look at the exact number. Yeah, IPv4 keep talking, is billions, the... right? When, by default, when you get issued an IPv6 address, you really should be getting an entire, like, 64... To your house, yeah. Yeah. And That's like the if prefix you get, I was talking about. An IPv or an IP address from a VPS provider should also be per RFC. I... Depends. It really now depends. that being yeah. said, Linode does not give you. Oh yeah, they give a you a one twenty eight, which is a single IPv six. Yeah, IPv six address. But can you ask for a forty eight or just a sixty four? I don't know. Let's find out. I don't know about the forty eight thing. I specifically on my mail server because like Spam House, mm-hmm. if you have an IPv six address, they will, and you're getting flagged for spam or whatever. Right. They will block out an entire sixty four. So. If you're running a mail server, you can get fucked over by other people around you. So to circumvent that, you can submit a ticket to Linode. Now, this is my experience personally. Mm -hmm. And you can be like, hey, I'm having this problem specifically. I'd like a 64 and they will issue you one. Mm. Okay. So if you're facing that problem, which I guarantee if you're running a fucking mail server on a a VPS from Linode or Vulture. Right. Whatever. (laughs) You're going to face that problem. looking at Linode, I have a Slack IPv6 Mm -hmm. address. Mm-hmm. That's their internal network, I believe. Does it start with FE80? No. Okay, because that's local. Okay. You get that regardless. Okay, yeah, then that's their that's their IPv6. Okay. Now is this um, is this going to be whatever? Or? What do you mean? I don't, that's not a question. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to formulate it in my mind. Is this going to be just a single address for this, or is it going to be like if it's a slash yes, by yeah, default? By default, does it say slash one twenty eight? No, well, no, it says it slash not. 64 because that's the, the network. It doesn't say, oh, that it the doesn't net say slash 64 yeah. either. It just says Slack. What are you using? I just think? copy paste the... Yeah. Use, okay. use IPAS. Oh, fuck on. Copy paste not, the IPA. I'm looking, Linode, okay. the, I'm looking under the <laughs> oh. fucking thing. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, I thought God. you were looking on your shelf. No. All right, anyways. Oh, boy. Fucking goddamn. Right, right, right. Fuckers. So this is this is kind God of moving damn. away from a tunnel broker and more of it into a general IPv6 thing. But it other is. things... Well, yeah, it is. Right, right, right. But I had a question about IPv6. What? I did too. Not a question about, like, the protocol itself, but, you know, the only... So Vulture is the only VPS provider I'm aware of that's offering that's a discount right. for IPv6 only instances. Yeah, you get, like, a 250 VPS for... Uh, $2.50 a month. Yeah. For 512 gigs of RAM, or megs of RAM. Megs of RAM? Gigs yeah. of RAM? 250 gigs like of RAM? 15, wow, that's a lot. Do they... 15 or 20 gig SSD. Is there a, one tw- is there a 128 or a 64? Do you know? I don't actually know, and I don't have any vultures right now. Oh, I do. Oh, oh, you know what? I don't have that plan, so it would be worthless. So I can't get yeah, that. Well, you could still check if your IPv6 that you have is, but... That doesn't necessarily guarantee, because it might be used in a different pool, especially since I'm on no, a no, legacy thing. Sure, it does, but it would still be good to know. But either way... My question is, like, we're not at a level of adoption where you could run anything public-facing on that, right? You can, but it would only be accessible to people on IPv6. Is that what you mean? Right, so, like, what services at this point would that be a good idea for? Nothing, basically. Well... It would have to be for something that you're just using personally for, like, testing and fucking around. So it depends, right? If you want to be aggressive about it, I think the real only way we'll, we'll convince more ISPs that they need IPv6... If more things go IPv6 only. Okay, well, then we're switching the podcast what? because everyone listens to that. And every ISP No, I, I think it needs to be tomorrow. some big things. Like, you remember the uh, IPv4 blackout day, whenever that was? Yeah, that was a weird Yeah, day. I think we need to do like a week or a month of that. Yeah. I would be willing to do that. You? Yeah, okay. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah, so with IPv6, important things, the loopback subnet is gone. There's a single address for loopback, which is nice, okay, but right. will complicate some things. Yeah. But you don't really need it so much. Mm-hmm. Your closest equivalent, there's two equivalents to LAN at RFC 1918 and IPv6. There's Link Local, which is like only the machines on the same switch as you. And then there's something called ULA, Unique Local Addresses. Those are like actual addresses. They're not globally routable. But mm. you usually don't need them. I use them for 
you know, I'm, I'm redoing all sorts of Foxy Proxy stuff. So I use them for VPN IPs because they're internal. You know, they're just for the tunnel. So I use them for that. But yeah, for your like your regular old LAN, you just need the link local, which is started automatically. So interesting. interesting. Uh, so it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So basically, using Tunnel Broker, and I'm getting it right because I'm actually looking at a website. Mm-hmm. Using Tunnel Broker, you can route your IPv6 traffic and make sure that it's 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 anonymized. <laughs> I don't mind hitting him hard. Yeah, I guess no. I guess by default it is. It's not there. It's not a selling point that they make. They right. they focus mostly right. on IPv6 accessibility. But that's interesting. That's interesting. As a side effect of that, because other people are using the same tunnel endpoint as you, yeah. It would be anonymized. Now, Netflix does not work on it. Really? Because Netflix treats it as a VPN provider. Interesting. That's fucking stupid. It's so annoying. I mean, there's ways to around it so you force your native connection to use Netflix. Mm-hmm. But, or you're, you force Netflix to use your native connection, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, so there's quote-unquote fixes for it. But it's still a pain in the ass. Fuck Netflix. You fuck, fuck Netflix. Yeah, quite frankly. I what mean, else? not really, because, mm. I mean, we have 20 million kids in my house, and if I didn't have Netflix or Disney+, Plus, then we would have what? a problem. So <laughs> I can't say fuck Netflix, but, right. you know, I mean, I get what you guys are saying, but they are kind right, of right, dicks right. about VPNs. Yeah, no, they're, so, you know, they're total dicks. I mean, they are. Let's mm-hmm. Netflix, allow VPNs, you dicks. But, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Say fun. You know, the other thing you could do to sort of enable IPv6 on a home network is tunnel your entirety of your traffic over a VPN. You could, but then that doesn't let you... I don't think that's the right answer anyway. It's not. It's so much more overhead. And here's why. Like, you can't... You're still using IPv4 only in your LAN, and you would have to bridge your router, your entire network, because it it needs to route back, remember? So you would need to bridge that to your VPN server. Right. And you're only going to get IPv6 content on that server that's then tunneled back. It messes up with a lot of things. It's a little bit easier if you only want to do that host to server rather than network to server. But uh, I would I would just go ahead and, and tunnel and get a prefix through that. Hmm. Yeah. I am having difficulties finding the exact address space because I thought it was on Wikipedia, but I must not be looking at the correct article. Big idiot. It's huge. <laughs> oh, but that's why I brought up how huge it is, right? Is because, like, if you're worried about someone port scanning you, they have to find you first. And that's like looking for. It's going to take a lot more time. <laughs> that's like looking for a pin in the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, it's nigh impossible to find a specific right. host. Right. And it's not even really worth it doing something like a mass scan or something. Or mass scan. I don't know how you pronounce it. But. Mass scan? I think that's. Yeah, funny. like, it's not even worth it scanning prefixes. Because it's just so you you have no way of predicting which addresses within a prefix are used, right? Yeah, so it is in some respects it looks like it's insecure compared to NAT, but that's because you've been relying on NAT as a security measure when it's not intended as such. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited about IPv6. It makes me happy because I think it was designed really well. And before the show, Jathan was giving me some flack because he's like, you know, it, it's stupid because i can't you know memorize the ip address and i'm like which so it does have shorthand which is nice so usually you don't need to but i was like which ip addresses do you need to memorize and you gave me the ip of your git server but that got us into a discussion i wanted to rehash it here dns exists and dns exists for ipv6 addresses and it ruins everyone's lives No, it doesn't. It is a little bit... It's ruined at least a day in your life, hasn't it? At least one, yeah. But it doesn't ruin everyone's lives. And it's not like... I've also had issues with NAT. You know? Well, sure, we all have a bit there, especially Peyton. Wait, what? (laughs) I know math. Math is fine. (laughs) No, NAT. N-A-T. Network address translation. Oh, I know that too. Yeah. So, like, it's it's not really a fair comparison because tech does break. And tech does get, you know, misconfigured and whatnot. So, yeah. all right. So let's let's fucking let's fucking back man. up this bus. Yeah. Let's move on. Actually, I guess we're moving the bus forward. Yeah. <laughs> we're back in this. Bitch are we doing a K turn? Bus up out of the spot we're, we're, and we're turning around. Oh, there's okay. a great video of a bus backing up on a bridge, and it's mm-hmm. literally he backs up and shifts and backs up and it takes him like twenty tries. 
Let's see if I can find it. I wonder if it's at like Death Bridge in Columbia or whatever it is. You remember when we talked about buying a fucking bus to make a land? Yeah, party I, would, out of? I would love to do that. <laughs> I want to do IPv IPv6 only on that land. <laughs> okay, That'd be can funny. we can right. we do that? I mean, you're in charge of the networking. I'm just awesome. gonna fuck with. I the don't bus. even need a I'll set of a router because with Link Local, you don't even need a router. There you go. All right, so uh, fifteen clams. Mm-hmm. Fifteen clams. Did wait? Tell me what you know before we move on. Did anyone have any other questions about IPv6? No. Okay. Not this time. <laughs> he says Not begrudgingly. He's mad about it. No, it's it's a video, by the way. So I'm posting an IRC. So you can please include it. All right, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, as mean, we close this out, I also want to say one more thing. Tunnel Broker does have a free IPv6 certification course. It's decent. You get what you pay for. But it will, if you're brand new to IPv6, I highly recommend it. It's a great start. Do you have to take that to use the service? Not to get a 64. I think you might have to pass some level to get a 48, but it's pretty, it's really easy. Okay. Yeah. So, and the 48 is opt-in. But they do, I mean, they gave you a 48, so it's it's hard to argue with that for free. Okay, so sorry. 15 clams, j Yeah, so Clam tell me up. what you know about spanning tree protocol. Oh, no. Oh no! <laughs> what did you do? Oh Jayla? no! Oh no! Oh no! I know that if you plug oh, no. one Ethernet port into another Ethernet port on the same VLAN, it that's, goes that's a common story on Tales from Hexaport. <laughs> so I came into this room and they said there was no internet, and I saw there was a cable from the floor plugged into the same fucking packet the, storming themselves. Yeah. Yeah, so there was this one time. What did you do, mm-hmm. Jathan? What did you do? I am not saying it was ever when I was in high school. Ba- or not I bet or it was, though. Okay. But I was on a network. Uh huh. That wasn't really mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I managed to find a switch that had the default credentials to log into it. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. What did you do? What did you do? So. You know, this was a point in my life I had never before interacted with a, like, commercial switch. You haven't even done any serious networking up until, like, a year ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I I just, I literally was, like, digging around with some, like, you know, trace route stuff and whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And, Fun fact, I call it so, trace route, tracer T. Well, in Windows, yeah. It's, it's the word trace it's route. In it's Windows, so weird. In Linux. Okay, anyway. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Carry on, so I find the switch that I can log into. Mm-hmm. And so at first I'm just kind of poking around and I'm able to see the running config and stuff. And I'm like, bad. Uh-huh. So, so at that point, you've told someone about it, right? Shaytan? <laughs> I mean, I told my friends. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hey, guys, look at this thing. And of course, all my friends are like, okay. Right. So uh, there's this one day in particular when we had this online exam schedule. (laughs) And so I didn't know exactly what the switch was doing, like what exactly it was providing, you know, service to. Mm -hmm. But I really wanted to find a way to fuck it up because I thought it'd be humorous. Oh, no. Okay. On the day of this exam. So sure enough, I found a way to basically disable spanning tree on this switch because... Really? I was betting that there was some redundancy built oh, in uh-huh. to this network. That's so, so essentially, spanning tree protocol, no, it's not. Spanning I mean, tree protocol allows you to have two lines, uh-huh. two physical lines going from a switch to the same computer on the same subnet even. Mm-hmm. And because of this protocol that's baked into basically every switch or router well, now these days, it, is, yeah. it allows you to do that and, you and know, not they, cause a shit. And not cause a packet a, storm, yeah. A packet storm, right. Because essentially what happens if you have two routes packet going to the storm? same place is they just start looping infinitely. Two packets destined for the same NIC. Or not NIC, so, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I I found a way to disable the spanning oh tree gosh. on the switch. Mm-hmm. And I did not realize that it would be like very instantaneous. <laughs> but literally like as I did it, the people around me are just like, uh... So and so, my computer's not working, and I just was sitting there, and I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck! This is fucking awesome!" <laughs> so, I cannot fucking believe you did that. Just well, one so check first mark. Of all, that's all it takes. 
first of all, uh-huh. did not have to take exam that day. <laughs> Got to take it the next day. Uh-huh. Yep. Second of all, best part, mm-hmm. they fixed the switch. <laughs> okay. And every switch I checked thereafter did not have <laughs> default credentials. I mean... Well, at least it's got I a happy ending. I would be surprised ending. if now, they... did they they find did out it was you? That. No. <laughs> well, now they did. Well, now they know. Well, sure, if they're listening. Yeah. Now, what amazes me is that they didn't ever... If they found out, maybe they did. They didn't ever do anything. Uh-huh. I feel like they would have done something if they, if they found like, out. Like, what would they do, though? Like, oh, we did something really dumb, what? so you fucked with us? Tell me off air what year this was, because if this was after CFAA passed... You could have gotten your ass slammed in jail. Yep. Or at least mm. juvie. No, he would have been. He would have been oh, yeah. Yeah, that's sure. after CFAA. <laughs> well, in any case. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the best part was, like, I had other friends who were in classes in the same relative area. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And I just fucking ruined everybody's day. Yeah, you did. You ruined the whole school's day. I think it's hilarious. I well, I'm sure they did. The best is how do they fix that? Like, can they still log into the switch at that point? Depends if it's a. Or they have to like walk up with like a serial cable and do it that way. Well, I would imagine they had a crash court available, but like, yeah, I mean, you typically have to go into the manage interface on that at that point. Sorry, guys. Yeah, you really fucked them good, there, buddy. Yeah, that was. (laughs) Well, hey. What you got? What I you did wanted. it once again in my life, but totally on accident, and also not on my network. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was this at work? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I also, to be fair, was like literally somebody was like, "Oh, we'll just do this on on this switch with Gosh, this." I wish. I, sometimes I wish that I was a pen tester because I would just bring like a four inch long patch cable, and like you know how like a lot of the corporate places have like Ethernet jacks on the wall, like there's two right next to each other or right above. Oh, just plug into one. Plug one. Yeah, just just patch it right there and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you probably would at the very least in a lot of cases get a an address. Well, no, because it's it's plugging back into itself. Oh, you mean like like a crossover? Yeah, like you just want to plug two into each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To see just how I thought you meant plugging your machine into one. No, 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 no. I mean. Like, let's see if they have STP on. <laughs> I think that's, like, the fucking default by now, right? It I would should, hope so. It should be, but I don't think but it again, is. But again, like... I really don't you think can, it is. You can ask Johnny, like, how many times do you see best practices and, like... Like, what's the, ask him what's the worst thing he saw, and you'll be horrified, you know? Well, you should just pose your exact, like, scenario to him. Like, just be like, hey, have you ever thought about doing well, this? Well, he doesn't do pen testing anymore, but... Well, sure, but, but, but we gotta, we gotta ask Kate to do it. She's still. Oh no, yeah. she does Vuln research Kate would do for. It. I think Kate would still do it. No, I think she's more Where? software now. I think she does I, I mean, research. Tell us, though. I think maybe I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I digress. But that would be a really quick way to find out if if they have STP turned on or not. Right. <laughs> oh man, that's so bad. That would be hilarious. I would probably die. Yeah. Yeah. I had to ex- explain to my dad the difference between a hub and a switch the other night. Oh boy, I bet that was fun. It was. <laughs> it was like, what's the difference between a Ford Model T? No, a hub and a switch. A hub it's, and a switch. I think hub. Jathan, I think hubs are before your time. I think they were phased out no. before you were born. No, I had some in, in the mid two thousands. Yeah, but you're an idiot. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, isn't just the difference the layer? No, it's. Okay, so one explain... does routing and one does not. <laughs> no switches. Well, no. switches don't do routing. A switch either. doesn't do router either. So, router does router. That's not what I. Okay. No. So, okay. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Hold, on, hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Okay. To start to explain what the difference is, I need to first start with token ring Ethernet. No, don't 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 yes, do this. Yes, don't do, 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 do either it. of you know what token ring Ethernet yes. is? Yes. Okay, Jathan. No. Okay. Dude, but a hub, just boil it down. Hub layer one, nope. switch nope. layer two. No, because no. it's not that simple. No. It's not that simple, Jason. Okay. So, in token. Uh, okay. Jesus. So, imagine you live in a small town. I'm a network admin. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Imagine you live in a small town. There's <laughs> one postman, right? Lakeside, Colorado. Uh, okay. Lakeside, With Colorado. Eight people. Full they circle. have their own post office. I don't think actual Lakeside does, but assuming they do. There's one postal. Where do you think the five? There's one postal <laughs> worker, right? 
one guy who delivers all the mail. He's got a stack of addresses, or a stack of letters, right? He starts his route, and he goes in a circle around the entire town. And at each house he gets to, he checks the top on envelope. He says, okay, is this this address? No? Okay. Goes on to the next house, checks it against the address on the first letter. So on and so forth. He finally finds the house, delivers the letter, goes to the next letter, and starts the circle again. That's token ring Ethernet. Okay? For the record, this is the absolute best explanation I've ever heard for token it's ring. It's so good, right? It works. It works so well. Okay, so that's token ring, Jathan. A hub is he looks at the top letter, says, I know where that address is. He walks to that house, delivers the letter, and then looks at the next letter, says, okay, I know where that address is, goes to that house, delivers the letter, and so on and so forth. A switch, and this is the difference between a hub and a switch, a switch has everyone's mail grouped together. So he gets to one house, delivers all the mail at once. Goes to the next house, delivers all the mail at once. Only you've got like 15 different postal workers doing that. Or I guess 16 for a 16 port switch. You've got like 16 different postal workers all doing that at once. That's what a switch is. That's the difference between a hub and a switch. It's one mailman doing one letter at a time versus 16 mailmen doing bunches of mail at a time. Yeah. Why was your dad even asking you this? Because I had to fix their home internet. And he their, was like, do I just... Hub. Yeah, they he was like, hub. do I do I need a hub? And I was like, no, uh, you should get a switch if do, anything. Do not get a hub. I, I was like, Dad, I don't even think they sell hubs anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, so. Ethernet hub. So to reference, I had a hub initially back in the very early 2000s because my I didn't first... really know any better. And then I, you know, I learned and yeah. did my knowledge and whatnot. So now I don't have any hubs in my home. My first fine. like three LAN parties were but on a hub giant is, hubs. Yeah. A hub is bad. A hub is very mm-hmm. bad. Do not have a hub in your home. Yeah, do not have still better than home. token ring, but uh... oh yes, 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 much better than token. Are right, we gonna wrap this up? I gotta take a piss. Oh no. well, thanks for sharing, Dathan. Just for that, and do it and hold on. Just for it. that, we're gonna drag it out even longer. Does anyone else have anything else to talk about? So, what's the history of IPv6? I don't know. <laughs> I just know it's like ten years old. Can you guys, talk I'm about leaving. the beginning of Unix? <laughs> beginning of Unix. That I think I can. It started with. Oh, let's let's see. Berkeley software distribution. No, it was before that. BSD. AT&T. BSD started well, AT&T made what's called Unix. Right, right, right. Originally. It was U it was Unix. Unix, yes. It wasn't U, but it, it wasn't it was it was It wasn't Unix. the first yeah. Right. And Bell before Labs that, did it. Bell Labs had yeah, it was like a in sixty nine was it? What? No. Oh, in 69. I thought you said in 1600 something. And I was like, no, no computers were not around then. Wasn't it 69? <laughs> I guess abacuses were that. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Let's look it up on. Let's look it up. To, I'm, you know what? We could. Guys. Yeah. What, Jathan? I got to pee. You got to. Okay. Great. Fantastic. We're talking about the beginning of Unix. Well, you can, you can wait because we're going to, we're going to talk <laughs> about the history of Unix. Okay. So let's see. Wikipedia history. You keep talking and I'll leave. The origins of just Unix imagine date a, back to the mid 1960s. Babbling brook, you know, the mid 1960s, burbling and chirping its way in a mountain. At sh- MIT, a mountain Bell Labs, and General Electric, Electric were all developing yeah, Multics. Right. That's right. That's Multics was, Multics. The, was the the multi. It was I think it was right. the first multi-user time-sharing system. Right. For the GE six four five mainframe. Right. Right. And I know if. I, when I did HP come out? I forget. Oh, uh, that was that was much later. It was like eighties, uh, right? Hi guys. Early Late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. All right, Jathan, we're gonna All we're right. gonna stop torturing you here. This has been Sis Minutes Trivia. I'm Brent. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Pete. See you around. Because he can't hear this. No, he can't. <laughs> Did he take his mic in the background? I think so. I think so. I should put this at the end of the episode and not tell him I'm going to do it until it releases. Oh, God, please do. Okay. God, please do. Oh, yes. Dang, go. It's so loud. <laughs> <laughs>